the Denver Nuggets. They yeah. interviewed those guys, right? And he goes, wow, what an unbelievable season you guys had. And it wasn't the main guy. It was some other guy who said it, right? You know what he said? No, it wasn't. We believed it. Yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. No. It's not unbelievable. It wasn't unbelievable. Yeah. Because we believed it. Yeah. And I was like, man, what a powerful statement. What a powerful statement. Yeah. Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. All right, all right. Here we are back again. Hard Shop Life. I'm Coach J and the G-Man. Yeah, G-Man. What's going on? What's happening? What's new in your world? Coming to you all the way from uh, sunny Seattle. Sunny Seattle. <laughs> all right. So uh, today's topic, man. You know, I've been getting a lot of feedback. A lot. Actually, I, I kind of like it. It's kind of been. It's not overwhelming. It's joyful for me. But we had a. So we got some feedback about the one thing. Somebody said, "Oh, the scoreboard. Hey, how about that scoreboard? You guys talked about the scoreboard. Yeah. You know." But truth be told, Coach Jay, you and G-Man just don't go into a store and just implement a scoreboard. No. Like, what metrics do you look for? What metric, what do you see? What do you evaluate? What are the things that you go, that captivate your attention to say, oh, there's opportunity here. Mm. And they're like, a scoreboard doesn't do that. And I go, that's interesting. Give me an example. I'm like, well, let's talk about, you know, a coach. A coach that goes into a new football team. Right. What does the coach do? The coach just doesn't just get together the the, the the scoreboard. The coach has a playbook, right? What else does he got to do? He's got to assess his team. He's got to identify these things that say, do we have an opportunity to win here? Can we fill seats in this stadium? What can we do? I mean, Deion Sanders is going to do it right now. Mm. He went to Colorado. He's got to recruit the team. Mm-hmm. He's got to get he's got to get tickets sold. He's got to get the mentality to be changed. Mm-hmm. He's got to do all these things to go after what? Win a championship. Mm. So in this episode, I want to talk about, and I want to give it to you. We're going to give you the secrets. We're going to give it to you. We're going to tell you the three things that we primarily, really there's four. I'm not going to lie to you, there's four. The reason why, okay, the reason why I, I'm not saying four is because we have our realists that are out there in the audience. <laughs> the realists, you're like, oh, you know. I, I, the realists. The realists, you know, like like your favorite people, G-Man, yeah, the yeah. realists, right? The realists. The realists, like, well, you know, uh, yeah. and I'm not going to call them the skeptics because I had a skeptic reach out to me going, hey, listen, I may be a little skeptical, but it doesn't mean that I'm not on board. Uh, you know, I'm willing to try it, right? I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to put my little foot into the water, make sure I don't get burned or it's not too cold. I'm like, okay, I respect that. So maybe I'm not talking to the skeptic, but I'm talking to the realist. Well, you know, that's not real true, or oh, I don't think that could ever happen, or oh, I don't know. All those skeptic, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to give my skeptic crew a little bit of a, of, of a bailout and say I'm talking to the realist because number four, unrealistic okay unrealistic yeah, yeah i know so let's start with number one so to today's episode the the four things to massively improve profit in your dealership in, in your department this is what g-man and i go look for right mm-hmm. and and we've talked about this time and time again number one write this down number one your effective labor rate compared to the door rate your effective labor rate compared to the door rate now g-man why do we look at that? Well, <clears throat> because it's important. 
<laughs> no, it, um, <clears throat> the idea be behind that is it is the price that you're telling the marketplace, right? Your market, your area, your your customers. Yeah. It's the price that you're telling them that you're worth, right? Yeah. It's your value. It's your value. To the market. Right. And we look at that in comparison to your effective labor rate, which is what you are actually selling your value for, right? You're selling your value for at a dollar amount that mostly is less than what you're posted or your your door rate, what you're telling the public you're worth. Yeah, so to us, it's the first why. Why is it that way, yeah. right? And nine yeah. out of 10 times, it's like, well, gee, man, it's because we have oil changes <laughs> and oil changes are so cheap. <clears throat> yeah. And you gotta have the, you know, you gotta have the last leader, right? Yep. So then we start going into that. Okay, so let's remove all oil changes. Mm-hmm. That's weird. We removed your old changes and your effective labor rate's still really low. Yeah. So what else? Well, G-Man, we have a special for the battery. And that is going to put it, we put it, we charge $5 of labor and we pay 0.5. Yeah. Okay, so it's not just oil changes. Okay, let's remove batteries. What else? Um... <laughs> Uh, the well, man manufacturer has well, a brake special. Uh, uh, yeah, we have brakes. Uh, hold on. Uh, maintenance. Maintenance is a lost leader. Maintenance. Mm. And I'm over here going, what? Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is so funny. So last time I checked, when I open up, you know, oh, and, and this is my favorite part, the realists. Well, you know that we have to be competitive within the market. We have to be competitive and we have to price these things accordingly, Right. And I've had one person, G-Man, I've had a person tell me, you know, Coach G, I don't know where you live, but here in the Midwest, we have Kroger's and Kroger's has a special, you know, they they, they release their magazine for the specials that they're going to provide. Those are lost leaders. Those those are trying to get people into the store. I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's talk about that. How many of those items are usually there? How many items? I don't know. Weekly specials. Maybe it's like five, maybe 10. Right. All right. Have, last time I checked and I walked into a Kroger, which I grew up with as well because I, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Last time I walked into the Kroger, there was hundreds of thousands of of parts there. Like, You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they were all priced accordingly, mm -hmm. right? So the chicken is 32 cents an ounce. I get it. Maybe that's your oil change. But it doesn't mean that everything else has to be that. So that doesn't compute to me. I, I, it's to me, it's like, why do we have to have so many things? Mm -hmm. Have your one thing and let's move on. So we evaluate that, right? Sure. The other thing we look at, G-Man, is discounting. I mean, think about it. That's yeah. probably the biggest reducer of your rate is your discounting. Yeah, whether it's a coupon or just because. Because. Yeah. You know? You know, and it, yeah, that that, it's like... You know, we just can't, we, that inability to hold price is, you know, it's a mental barrier. Most of the time it's not, it, again, it's not reality. It's it's just, it's just you mentally hanging on to things, you know? And so, yeah, it's a, uh, that's a tough one. And let me tell you it's something. It's a tough one because that'll, that'll destroy your effective labor rate, boy. Look, for, for our audience members that know me from my past life on the East Coast, I was JR and I was the discount king. Mm -hmm. All right. My idea was, hey, if it's on the shelf, you know what? It better not be on the shelf. I'm going to sell it. And if I have to sell it at a discount, then I sell it at a discount. At least I sold it. Mm -hmm. Right? And it wasn't until the West Coast that I opened up my eyes to see, well, hold on one second. What's the true value of that? What are you worth? 
what is your hard work worth? What is your professionalism worth? What do you, you know, if you're going to be the discount king, right? I mean, what value do you do you actually put to your worth and your and what you are? Right. And it's a mindset reset. So to me, uh, uh, identifying your effective labor rate to your door rate, and I, and time and time again, G man, I've be, I've been seeing on average you're about thirty to thirty five percent less. An effective labor rate than you are to your door rate. Yeah, I uh, sometimes more. Oh, sometimes more. Yeah, yeah, sometimes more. But yeah, yeah. So that's, that's one thing we right. look at. That's one thing we look at. So yeah. I'm a brand new manager. I'm going to identify what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Second thing, I want to see how's your demand. How many times, G man, have we gone into a store and they're like, oh man, we can't get anything to the shop. My yeah. God, dude, we're we're booked two, three weeks out, four weeks, five weeks, twelve weeks. We're just booked out. We can't get anything at all in. It's impossible. Yeah. Now, mind you, that's the same people that are saying uh, we have a coupon out for that. We have a special out for that. And then meanwhile, we can't get cars through the shop, but we're discounting for what? Everything. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, like, we can't get cars through the shop, but we're going to discount everything. Right. It's like we have scarcity, and then we drop the price. Usually when you have scarcity, <laughs> right, the price goes up, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. Supply and demand. What? That's what, geez, we just went through that with this inflation. Right. Right? We had low supply. We had high demand. The price went up. Every price, all our prices went up. Yeah. It's so funny because you say that, and the first thing that comes to mind is watching the movie Vacation with Chevy Chase. Yeah. Right? And so the you know, I don't remember that scene where he, they go off road and then he blows up four tires and he goes to that one garage and yeah. the guy was like oh you know uh, well you need I got four tires we had to do this we had to, oh okay well, what kind of what kind of deal can you give me what deal well how much is it well what do you have in your wallet yeah how much you got <laughs> how yeah. much you got because right now <laughs> you have the demand and I definitely had the supply you're gonna have to just pay yep you know what I'm saying yeah so. Just for that, I mean, I, I think we look at those things and we identify, okay, where are you? What is your demand and what is it? And nine out of 10 times, the very next thing that that, that we're told is, well, that's why we got you, G-Man and, and Coach J. We need you to get us more techs. We need more techs. Uh, right? Yeah, that's the mantra. That's, yeah. Need more right techs. Right now, yeah. So then we go into the shop, right? And we identify them. We're like, oh, well, let's look at the shop. Well, man, I don't know, man. You have some pretty good guys here, but- I see a couple guys sitting around. I got two guys sitting out back smoking cigarettes. I got people. I, I just, I don't get it. Where's the production? Yeah. Right? And so they're like, oh, no, no, we can't do it. I'm like, okay, so let, let's just do the math, right? You have 20 technicians who are supposed to generate you eight hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. If we did the math at 20 technicians, it's what? That's uh, 400 hours? Right? No. Eight hours a day, twenty technicians. My bad. No, it's so three, three twenty. Three twenty. Yeah, sorry. Three close, right? Yeah. Three twenty. So we have three hundred twenty hours, right? But you're only producing two hundred hours a day. Yeah. Oh well, you know. And I'm like, wait, the math just doesn't. What do you mean? You have three hundred and twenty of of opportunity, but we're only getting two hundred, and you have two weeks delay of getting anybody in here because you can't get stuff out. Yeah. So what's the next thing? Yeah. Oh well, we have no parts. The parts department, I mean, look at a oh, special order parts, back order parts, cars are sitting in the back, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, so it's a parts problem. All right, let's go to the parts department. Go to the parts department. Hey, pull me the list of all back ordered parts and repair orders associated. Also, show me your SOP list and your SOP shelf. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. 
let's go over to the open our list. These cars aren't. I'm confused. You have parts that have been here for three days and you still haven't gotten it in. Well, of course, because we have all these appointments and people don't we don't have time to get to that. I mean, the reason I'm silent is because I want you guys to reflect. I want you to reflect of all the things that you tell yourselves every single day to give excuses on the reason why you don't move forward. That's the truth, right? When we go in, we just look at logic stuff. Mm -hmm. Just what is your effective labor rate to door rate? What is your demand? Mm -hmm. What is your productive capacity? Mm -hmm. We look at productive capacity. Could you do more? Well, that's kind of weird. You have 20 techs. You have 30 stalls. You're generating 200 hours on average, and that's on a good day, right? You have people waiting. What's broke? The system is broken. Yeah. The system is broken. Yeah. And we have to revamp this entire thing. And the hardest part, which is number four for our realists out there, the number four is nothing will ever happen unless we put number four first. Mm -hmm. Because everybody asks us, what are you going to do first? What are you going to do first? What should we change first? Yeah. Why are you doing that first? And the first one is, I got to make you believers, man. We got to make you believers. And we got to show you the data for our realists. (laughs) And then we got to say, we need you to move this way. Yeah. Your results are the sum total of your people's beliefs. Correct. Whatever they believe is what you're going to get. It's what you're going to get. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the worst part of it is it's your fault. Yeah. They're there. They believe whatever you believed or allowed them to believe. That's what it is. Yeah. And so number four should be number one is the belief. We go in there and we talk to everybody and we identify what the belief system of the organization is. Yeah. And we challenge that. Right. And we and we identify going, okay, here is your bottleneck. And it's funny because how many times has it been where they talk to us and they go, oh, so you're telling me I just need to move cars around. Oh, you're sure you're telling me I just need to add more loaner cars. Oh, so you're telling me it's like, yeah, it's all those things. But more importantly, it's the belief of your people being able to know that they can get there. Yeah. And we line out, right? Hey, if we get all these technicians working eight hours a day, every single day, because we have the demand for it. If we ride up three more cars a day because we can get them more work and keep them busy, guess what they're going to do? They're going to stay busy, mm-hmm. right? If we can associate and create a workflow plan where we can make them as effective and efficient as possible, where the system works to help them stay focused on wrenching, help the advisors stay focused on selling mm-hmm. and communicating with their customers, right? If we can do all these things, Guess what happens at the very end? We make money and we take care of our community. Yeah. That's the most important thing. We take care of our community. That's the thing. It's a predictable outcome, right? Yeah. It's like do the math, figure out what that is, effective labor rate, measure your productive capacity, right? It's like, and then get your people to believe and, and get them to follow you. And that, like, that's the thing about being like an inspirational leader and everybody looks like, like you have to be Tony Robbins or something. You don't have to be Tony Robbins, but you do have to have, you do have to have a way of getting people to believe in what you believe in. And you also have to believe it yourself, which means you have to challenge yourself to believe it. And so it's like getting those things to go, you can make it go, but it's hard. It's hard because we live our lives based on comparison, right? We do the things we do because that's the things we've done. You know what I mean? 
It's like we we just say that it's in in without any other input, without any other new information, we are just going to continue to repeat the same things. It just and it doesn't change, right? And it's over and over and on. Five years will go by, and you're still making the same amount of money, right? I knew a dealer for ten years. They had three advisors for ten years. How do you have three advisors for ten years? Like units in operation or get would grow, you would your demand would grow. Why would you always only have three advisors? Like at some point you got to go four and then five and then six and then you would hope, right? Yeah. You would hope. I mean, yeah. if you're not selling many cars or your your actual car sales have decreased year for those ten years, right? Right. That would maybe. Un, you know. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, if you got a Saturn dealership, maybe that's a maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, unless your brand is dying, for the most part, you should be growing your market. You know, the population is growing, right? Overall, we're having more kids. The population continues to grow. That means there's more people to drive. There's more cars going to be in the market. You're going to grow. They said the number one predictor of economy, the overall economy's growth is the population growth. Because it's just more mouths to feed. It's just more mouths to feed. Yeah, more That's consumers exactly right. to consume things, That's right? That's exactly right. And so it's like, okay, well, if we know that, they're going to consume our stuff too. Why? We're not immune from it. And so it's like, you have to pay attention to those things. Yeah, so to us, you want to know what we do and do you want to know how we do it? We look at these things and we identify the metrics necessary for us to make adjustments through a belief system, Yep. right? Through a belief system. Now- there are plenty of people out there that come to us and go, I don't know what's so special about you guys. I've done all this before. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right? And I go, you know why it doesn't work? Because you didn't put grandma's love into it. Mm. That's why it didn't work. Because you didn't become a believer of the goodness of what it could actually be. Or, like happens nine out of ten times to us, well, you know, I'm going to only put this in. Oh, I'm only going to put the yeah. menu in. Oh, I'm only going to do that. Oh, that doesn't really work. I'm going to try to change a few things and see if we can get something going, and it just uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, they want to Frankenstein it. No. And then you come in from the top and push it down. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And it's like you, ha you can't do that. You have to believe it. You have to get your team to rally around the concept, right? And then you've got to go out and create a good attack plan and like make people part of it. I mean, there's a method to it. There's a reason why we we've been doubling gross profit and service drives for the last three years. It's been, we've been doing that because, you know, we're we're following that method. Like think about it, we're we're consultants. That's the four letter word, right? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we don't call ourselves that. We call ourselves coaches, but that's how a lot of people react to us, and and that's why we call ourselves coaches is because we don't want to be referred to that way because we're not coming in like a consultant will come in make a list of stuff that he sees and say, here you go. Uh, these are the things I see wrong and uh, please give me my check and I'll see you later, right? We don't do that. We come in and say, we're with you. We're going to do this together and we're going to go grow this thing and I'm going to help your people. To, I'm going to help you and your people to try to see the light, right? Try to pull them along, you know? And it's like, when we go in, the first thing they think is we're just going to, oh, here comes the, the suit. They're going to change everything on us and we're going to come in like the hammer, but we don't. We come in from the bottom and we pull them in with us. That way, when we go to change things, we have more people supporting it and wanting to push the ball forward. So if you're a leader manager out there and you come in and just drop the hammer of change on them and then you wonder why change doesn't stick, it doesn't stick because 
you're not dealing with belief first, right? Which is the superpower, which is the force. No, it is the it is the force. It is. it is that that is the thing. That is the thing, which is so funny because we think about it all the time. Once you believe it, it will come true. Yep. Right. And so that I think is the hardest thing. If if there's anything you can take away from this, managers, audience members, owners, general managers, if you're listening to this, you have to do a self check of your belief to determine if you're willing to create, to be the reinventor of your environment. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like we help you with that, but we tell you all the time, these are the things you need to do. These are the things you need to look for. These are the things you need to say, but it all starts with, you need to believe it first, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I love it. I I mean, most of our clients have it, you know, they have this, you know, the whole Ted Lasso thing, right? He has that believe thing. And they've all just now had put the believe on top of their doors and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. And it's just a reminder of the power of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's not just the only thing. I, I don't want you to think that you're going to, if you believe that you're going to get a higher effective life, if you believe that, I mean, it's not just that. It's putting in the work, right? Yeah. Putting in the work is where the hardest part comes into it and committing to it. Yeah. And, and it's, I think that's, like that's true for yourself too. So like one of the most difficult things to do is to challenge your own belief systems because again, you everything is comparison. You you shield yourself from that. You don't want to be wrong, right? If I live my life wrong the whole time, you know, then then now what? Now my whole structure is gone. And so we fight against that. And unless there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary we choose not to follow it and and so the hard work really is to be done hard work on your department 100% hard work with your people 100% but then hard work with yourself right looking in the mirror and saying you know what are my beliefs are are my beliefs you know reality you know or am i just like are they limiting beliefs and i think more times than not more often than not our belief system is limiting us from doing things. It's it's fear. It's challenging us to not do them, right? It's getting in our way. And and that's the key is work, you know, don't forget the hard work on yourself. You know, you want to work. I mean, you and I do it all the time. We challenge each other all the time. We're constantly trying to expand that, constantly trying to question whether we believe it has to be this way or, or it could be something else, you know? You know, one of the greatest quotes uh, I don't even know where I heard it. It was an interview, right? It was a recent interview. Oh, the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets. They yeah. interviewed those guys, right? Right? And he goes, wow, what an unbelievable season you guys had, <laughs> right? It, and it wasn't the main guy, the Joker guy. It was some other guy who said it, right? You know what he said? No, it wasn't. We believed it. Yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. No. It's not unbelievable. It wasn't unbelievable because yeah. we believed it. Yeah. And I was like, man, what a powerful statement. What a powerful statement. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that to me is it in a nutshell. That's it. That's it. Like You did something that's unbelievable. No, no because we, we believed, believed it. it. We believed it. It happens all the time. <laughs> People always do stuff. <laughs> like, that's why I'm saying be unrealistic. Give yourself unrealistic goals. Give yourself unrealistic expectations. Why not? Why be real? Why be real with ourselves? Like, do stuff that's unbelievable to other people that's believable to you. Why not? Massive. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, massive tip right now, because I want you to know, because you're going to hear this and you're going to make it sound like it's you're not going to believe it when I tell you, but pay close attention to the people that surround you. 
Pay close attention to those people that are the realists. Pay close attention to those individuals because the non-believers are the crabs in the bucket that are trying to convince you that you're not going the right path. Right. You're crazy. It's that too you're much. Crazy. Yeah. And the more you hear that, the more you know you're going in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that pressure is a good sign. All right, guys. Well, here we are. Hard Shop Life. Uh, G-Man. Got to check out. Well, we appreciate you tuning in and hopefully got something from this episode and all the other ones we've been posting over the last three years. And it's been a joy to bring this to you, but we do this all for you. It's all your ears that give us the fuel to keep doing this. So listen, share, download, hit the follow button and uh, and get uh, updated anytime we release new content. We're trying to bring relevant content to you. If you need anything from us, info at jdicoaching.com. If you have a question, info at jdi coaching.com and if you want to say hey i got a i got a thought why don't you guys talk about this what do you guys think about this why don't you talk about this on the air you have questions thoughts anything like that we would love to um talk about this on the program and uh and uh, and debate it and possibly get more comments so um definitely reach out to us info at jdicoaching.com also one last thing i've had a couple of of uh, instances where clients have asked or people have reached out and says hey are you willing to ever do a live sp speaking uh, engagement? Could you guys sure. come and talk to our 20 group? Can you come and talk to our store? Can you? Absolutely. Yeah. It would be an absolute honor to be able to take care of you guys. And you're going to see us out there. Yeah. G-Man and I, man, we're going out there. We're going out there. We have some great content, but more importantly, we have subject matter. I mean, pages on pages upon pages. Even be prepared. You never know. You might see a book. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm dropping a little line there. But- if you guys want to think info at jdicoaching.com, yeah. we are available. Maybe yep. not all the time, but we're happy to uh, assist where we can. Yeah, at least take a look at it. Again, thank you, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode, Hard Shop Life. <laughs>